millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to Propaganda, the show where we find out what's been said about Leeds United. Dan, Michael and Rob with you on the show today. Brought to you with Levi Solicitors. They will do you a 10% discount on your legal fees. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball uh, you may observe we are all wearing merch as well some of it new mm. look at that that's kind of how to make out it's like a like blackout it. t-shirt isn't yeah it? The, the sort of black on black um large square ball it's nice it's very nice if you want to check any of that stuff out have a look i think you've got to say when you're on youtube you go the link's in the description guys <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe and all that bollocks <laughs> we, we've probably forgotten to put the link in the no, description no, i've, I've got a template that does put oh, it in it every time now yeah yeah oh, well that's good, very impressive yeah so you can find this on youtube if you are listening and if you are watching on youtube you can listen as well you can get the audio version as a as a podcast let's get into it then two parts to this show propaganda first what's been said by leeds fans about the chelsea game and then we'll deal with what chelsea fans have been saying about leeds in the second half of this first things first then uh, from our tsb plus subscribers the feedback form that we send out what have we got what was picked out what did we get right wrong or otherwise on the match ball well, something we, we didn't know about at the time we recorded the match ball, but I've seen covered comprehensively online since, and Nathan has um, has pointed it out, the utter chaos and incompetency by the Chelsea stewards and the police. It did look and sound like absolute chaos. There's been a few videos going around. I think essentially they were five, they were five turnstiles, and it took everyone about 30 seconds to get through them, because when you were scanning your ticket, it didn't do anything. There were and... reports that some of them weren't working as well, like one or two of the turnstiles weren't letting people through, so... yeah. yeah. Not good, is it? And it backs up pretty quickly when it takes 30 seconds for a person to get through a turnstile. You know when there's a crowd of people who are sort of stuck in front of like a, a solid physical object? You know what I find always helps is batoning the ones at the back <laughs> in, to in make there. them move forwards mm. um, because that's never led to any problems in, in a football setting, hasn't it? Has it? Pushing people through gates and so on. Well, I don't know if you saw the, the Met have said it was not now to do with them. Well, we know the Met are a great bunch of lads. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's the, let that be the end of it. I think <laughs> they, Adam Pope saw reporting that yesterday. They basically said, "Oh, it's Chelsea." Well, they're the police. Chelsea, are, Chelsea are to do with that. Well, well, the, but you were there, weren't you? Well, just ask someone else. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose we were there a bit. And now they've said that, we should just put that one to bed, shouldn't we? Because yeah, we're trustworthy. <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it's it's a tough one because we often criticise new grounds for being soulless and. Um, I guess this doesn't happen at a new ground because everything works properly, and you've mm. got you've probably got a you know a fifteen turnstiles rather than five. Did, you know, did like, Ken Bates sort the layout of this? I believe so. Stadium, probably. Are we going to uh, peg this one on him? Yes, <laughs> he's not had a villain nomination, has he? For, for he, can't, ages. Well, he can't, can he? He's not eligible for. Oh, of course, named they, after him. Named but... after him. Yeah, that was the, the original rule. If you are a long time listener, mm. um, he can't actually uh, take the award. Although he was nominated as a anyway, we'll get round to all that in the, <laughs> in the, in the weekly show. 
Okay, yeah, fair enough. Chelsea, awful. Right, we need to deal with probably a lot of feedback on the click situation where a number of people have criticised him for, well, one of the per- people's has made, made us weaker from the second that he came on. <laughs> Set up a goal with a really good bit of play, but also did give away that last minute penalty. But I've watched it back and I just want to peg the whole thing on, on Rudiger. Is that all right? <laughs> I think that's fair. On the night I saw Sid Lowe, who writes for The Guardian, and he's not a Leeds fan or a Chelsea fan, and he was questioning that penalty. And that made me think, well, it's not just me being Leeds bias if other people are questioning it as well. And I don't really know what he's meant to do there. Like the ball comes towards him, he sticks a foot out to try and win the ball like he would do at any other part of the pitch. And Rudiger, because he's soft, just falls over and the referee gives a penalty. And because of the way VAR works, it's not going to get overturned. So mm-hmm. he's sort of in a no-win situation there, I don't think. They know how to game the system, don't they? Danny yeah. Murphy was saying the same on TalkSpot, actually. I saw Hang a, on a second. Are we saying something, something good went out on TalkSpot? <laughs> yes, uh, when they say things that support Leeds, we're, we're more than happy to, to talk about how good they are. Excellent. Uh, but yeah, he was saying you can't really give those as free kicks. And, and I think I said during the match ball that that sort of a tackle happens like a dozen times in a game. And if it's not in a penalty area, you just don't go down because you're trying to actually win the ball and do something constructive with it. And the way I always think of it as well, which is something that I used to crop up with Grealish because the way he goes down, he doesn't seem to play for Man City anymore, so it's not such an issue. But when he was at Villa and they always used to... You said this on (laughs) Tuesday morning, by the way, and we're we're playing Man City tonight. Yeah, Grealish hat-trick and all that. Or penalty, probably, is is more likely. But I always used to think, imagine everyone on the pitch did exactly what Grealish does. You don't really have a game to watch anymore, do you? You just have a series of passes and people falling over with every single minute of the game. It is getting that way, though, isn't it, at times? And with that Rudiger one, if people go down under that contact it becomes a completely unwatchable sport because mm. no one ever stays on their feet because uh, unless you take it to the point where you say, okay, it's now no longer allowed any physical contact. It was one of those where I completely can see why it was given because they always are. And it wasn't even the softest penalty given this weekend, was it? it at the end of the day. No. But even so, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> get up, Rudiger. I hope he leaves. That's all I can say because he's, uh, he's well, dealing he's, with Real Madrid, isn't he? Now, he's not so. going to get a new club, though, is he? Because um, when they do the medical and they check his inner ear problem that mm. affects his balance, they're just going to say, "Sorry, you can't sign for us." Yeah, not, he's not going to pass the medical, is he? The big shit house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was really really annoying. So I'm absol- Are we absolving Mateus Click of any responsibility there whatsoever? I mean, he shouldn't. If you put your leg up like that and kick the bloke, you're giving him a decision to make. And while we all know, and I know it turns us into swivel-eyed lunatics. That doesn't get given at the other end, does it? There's no way no, on, on this earth that gets given at Stamford Bridge in the 93rd minute. It doesn't get given in the first place and then VAR look at it and they don't overturn it, mm. I think is what probably happens. Mm. They'd, they'll have a little pause and they'll just do the check and then they'll be like, no, nah, no, it's no no clear and obvious error. Just on that, right, so VAR, Mike Dean, people think that, again, going back to the swivel-eyed lunacy, that everybody thinks that the ref's against them and we in particular, we, we look at it, but you can't... Look at what happened this weekend with all those penalties that were given. Mm. Liverpool, Man City, you know, with the Man City with the armpit, and they couldn't find a definitive angle to overrule it, so they didn't bother. Apart from the one that everyone saw, yeah, apart from that one, and then you know Salah doing Salah bits to get that penalty for Liverpool, and the, the Leicester one was terrible as well. Telemans James was Madison, right. yeah, oh, was uh, it James Madison who went over? Was, oh, was it? it Madison or Telemans? I can't remember. Oh, Telemans yeah. scored the pen, I think. Yeah, I can't remember it was now, but yeah, he basically runs past. I think it's Lascelles, and he's, he's... It's a classic Grealish, actually. He, he could run past him quite clearly, but instead he kind of 
dangles his right leg out to make sure that he gets some contact and it's he's already going down by the time the contact yeah, comes he's, sort of, he's, yeah. he's kind of jumped at him and dangled a right leg at the same time and for some reason the Grealish the Grealish it is the, it is the classic mm. Kane does it quite a lot as well yeah and you can't think that when you see all that that there is not whether it's conscious or unconscious a leaning towards the so-called big six mm. teams or well Spurs aren't any are they but you know what I mean there's a, an inherent it seems like an inherent desire to to protect those teams or whatever it is or you know, the narrative of, of those clubs being at the top of the Premier League. I don't quite know what it is, but you know that, that sense that there's just an injustice and it always favours those clubs. Especially mm. when VAR seems to be designed to just agree with the refs whenever there's a contentious decision, when the refs are making contentious decisions sort of blind, thinking, well, we've got VAR to back us up. Mm. But then VAR's just going, well, yeah, you said it, so I don't want to overturn you. And it's just a bit of a mess. It's the same in rugby league where a trial they'll go up to the video ref, but they sort of side with the referee's decision. So if he says, I think that was a try and there's no evidence to suggest otherwise, they just go with the try. And likewise, if he says, I don't think that's a try, they'll just stick with his call and say, all right, then no try. And you think, mm. well, but he's going to you in the first place because he's unsure. So it, it just doesn't help. Yeah, you do, we are in a weird situation now where things are both penalties and a third party in the, as in the VAR person can look at it. And under certain circumstances, they'll say that is a penalty. And under others, they'll say it isn't a penalty but it's not based on any kind of actual objective truth. It's based upon what someone has already said, even if they're looking at it and saying, well, I would have given it, but it's, I wouldn't have given it enough to say he shouldn't have, he should have not given it. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it exists in, in, in the fact that you can't, in both a penalty and a not penalty. Yeah, the fact that you states. can't describe it in, in play, in, in two sentences, absolutely encapsulates yeah. the problem, doesn't it? The fact that it's, it's so complex and subjective. And yet, so you effectively, a subjective test in the eyes of the referee in the first place. It's then passed on to VAR, which is supposed to add more objectivity, but is influenced by the subjectivity of the first decision. It's mm. just, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. You it, see it on a Monday morning when newspapers have a column from an ex-referee and they all disagree with dis mm. the decisions over the weekend. You think, well, what's what's the point in this? If, if they are just subjective decisions, there's no consensus to be had. Mm. So I don't really see the point of, you're going back to the point of VAR and, you know, it's not something I particularly like. I can see the point of it for what's meant to be objective decisions like offsides or whether it's mm. crossed the line and things like that. But a penalty and fouls and things like that, even the interpretation of handball, it's all seems to be subjective now. Mm. So adding it, another opinion just confuses things more. It was easier to accept when it was it had just been passed through one person's bad decision. Mm. A, whereas now you have to quite often look at a penalty through the eyes of two people and you think, well, they've both got it wrong then. And yeah. that's it, it becomes unforgivable when two people have looked at something and gone, Yes, we're going to stick with this bad decision. It does actually like, reinforce the idea of bias, doesn't it? Yeah, funnily enough, it gives you it gives you a second layer of where you can apply more bias if you wish. Yeah, which, which seems ridiculous. And and the, it, there and wasn't now, a moment when that went to, well, on that. There wasn't a moment when that went to uh, Mike. What's his face? And you thought, well, he's going to he's going to say no to that. You, you knew, didn't you, straight yeah. away? Has there been a single decision this year as well where the ref has been called over to look at the screen and then gone? And then stuck with the original decision. No, it's theatrical. It's all theatrics, isn't it? So as soon as they refer it to the screen, this thing. I mean, I don't know, but feels, I've not I seen any evidence. I don't think it. anyone's gone to the screen yet and gone, Mike Dean, shut up, you dick. <laughs> yeah. It's never a pen. Yeah. What are you got me? What are you wasting my time getting me over to this screen for? I was right. Exactly. <laughs> oh bloody hell! <laughs> but anyway, I'm back to click. I think it's fine that people criticised him. It, the reason it's it's gone badly is because people tweeted directly at him and sent him. Abuse and stuff. Like I'm sure he knows he's fucked up there. He will have. He oh, will have. He will whether, have whether objectively he did or he didn't, he's still going to feel like he did. Exactly. I don't think people need telling directly, and that goes for all the players. <laughs> a number of people actually just going back to the uh, the feedback. 
mentioned the penalties and the refereeing. Um, Roger Winnie, Chris, Dan Ogden, Toby LeRone's back. Um, Stephen Warnock even, I don't think he direct, contacted us directly <laughs> about this, but um, has weighed in on the matter. And I will zero in on Winnie's point, which is like Dan says every week, the Premier League is such a horrible place to be. The level of officiating, how the smug, arrogant big teams always get the rub of the green and just spend billions to right any wrong. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Simply awful. Makes one grateful for Bielsa. It does. It does, actually. Yeah, yeah. the Steve Warwick thing, that was on the um, the programme Sky do where they break down decisions. Dermot Gallagher thought it was a penalty. Stephen Warnock thought it wasn't. Well, he, he was saying, he, his exact words were, if that's at the other end, Leeds do not get it. 100% they do not get it. Yeah. And he's A six right. foot four player should not go down like that and you will get contact when a ball comes into the penalty box. Simple as that. Yeah, fair enough. Let's think about what I'm saying. If everyone went down to that level of contact, imagine the scenes. You'd have like a dozen players all hitting the deck at the same time because there's been a bit of something like on a corner when people are all grabbing at each other. Imagine everyone falls over at the same at the same point of feeling contact. Looks ridiculous. Can we zero in on uh, what Ray Wallace picked out now, by the way? The important issue of the weekend. Uh, which, which one's that? The yellow socks. The yellow socks. The yellow socks, of course. Where did they come from? I think the short answer to that is Adidas. Yeah, club shop, maybe. Yeah. Do you think they bought them <laughs> before they went? That was the... Um, their rep at Adidas said, lads, we've got a sock clash, what should we do? You got the blue ones. I can't do any better than that. That was Jason Pierce at Hillsborough, wasn't it? When they still had the the club the shop tags on it. Mm. Uh, I saw a clip the, um, on Twitter. Actually, it was the game at Chelsea where Harland and Kelly were both sent off. We had blue socks that day, mm. so we do like a, a bit of a mashup kit against Chelsea. But it's unlucky now that kit combination. I'm going to say you could, all right because I we're going to wear something akin to that up here at Everton. We might even have yellow shorts there. When we go, would oh. you go? Would you go white, blue, blue, or is it going to be too similar? You know, in a like a passing glance to whatever they're wearing, I think we might go bring out a new yellow kit, white, yellow, yellow. Should we? What we should do is bring out a yellow kit and then keep it forever, <laughs> and not luminous um, highlighter say, yellow, not fluorescent yellow, just normal Leeds United yellow. I'd go and buy it as a matter of principle because Angus Kinnear said they don't sell, so I'd go buy. I'd buy three. <laughs> I'd spend all my money on yellow kits. <laughs> Prove him wrong. What else have we got then? Charlie Creswell gets a bit of praise, which is good. Tom Cole picking him out for storming into the uh, the melee at full time. Again, Ru- Rudiger culpable in that. Well, and Rudiger shied away from Creswell because Creswell got in his face and he just saw him and he thought, look at his neck. He's a big lad, isn't he? Got a big neck as Creswell, <laughs> hasn't he? Where's Dan James? I'm going to go pick on him instead. Who's a, who's a little boy I can have a go at instead? I like his cameos. He's like a destroyer now, Charlie Creswell. So bring him on at the back to do with Lukaku, concede just send him up front like he has done a few <laughs> times this year. I like that. He won his header against Lukaku as well, didn't yeah. he? As soon as he came on, he got um, got above him for it. So that was good. Hey, good point by um, Grumpy Git Kev. I hadn't even noticed this. I hadn't even thought about it in the wake of this game. He says, uh, I was worried at the start looking at our lineup, but I think this was the first game apart from against Watford, they don't count, that we actually kept a good performance up for two halves. Hopefully this is us playing at a more consistent level for a full match. Fair point. Still lost, but yes, I do agree. <laughs> we did we did play well in both halves. But we lost to the refs, to VAR, mm. to the Premier League machine, the military industrial complex. Yep, that's true. Everything. Bill Gates. Yeah. Bill Gates, he, he had a hand Oh, you've it, been for, for your, sure. your booster this morning, haven't you? I have, yep. We'll yep. be careful not to get marked down by the algorithm here. This yes. is a joke, by the way. Yes, Bill Gates is not inside me, <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Uh, but yes, not, not today, anyway. And we're recording We're recording the match ball later on where when the, the side effects are really be kicking in, so I might be I might be dripping with sweat on the, on the match ball and shaking, but um, oh well, yeah. nice to have it done. I had mine on Sunday as well. I think we've both been inspired to get boosted because Moscow's been down with it he'll be back actually in a day or two won't he well, speaking of the um, of Moscow actually uh, Phil and Moscow's West Stand friend Ralph 
which is a very long title. We might just have to start calling you Ralph, Ralph yeah. soon enough. But he was just saying that um, Roberts was very good again. And maybe if we keep Moscow off the podcast, he'll keep playing well. <laughs> it is true that I think I think Moscow thinks he's helping Tyler, but all he's doing is heaping pressure on him. Mm. Now no one expects anything. There's no <laughs> one in the Leeds United universe exclaiming him as the saviour anymore. So it's uh, it's just an easier job for him. Super, superb ball for Joffy's equaliser. It was a lovely. Again, you know mm. the, the the whipping boys in there in the form of uh, Click and Roberts mm. made that goal. Furpo and Harrison as well, as well yeah. were in there. That interchange of passes, and we did mention it on the match ball, but it was brilliant, wasn't it? And that little bit of interplay there, you're thinking, we're supposed to be a team that's gurgling around the plug hole and you know flirting with relegation. That's mm. brilliant football, is that? That was a moment of sort of textbook click as well. That's what we sort of used to him, mm. seeing where he shrugged off two players and kept the ball moving and kept moving himself and then he, he timed the pass beautifully, beautifully for Roberts and that was a, a great cross as well. I think Roberts, he seems to have really responded to Bielsa yet again kind of just publicly mm. challenging him a little bit and it he seems to have taken it quite literally because Bielsa said as long as he's willing to fight for Leeds United then he's got a place for me and he's, he's quite literally fighting at times <laughs> now he's, he does seem to have added a bit of aggression to his game and I think it's mm. really helped not try to do anything fancy but just being you know we were, we were crying out for Bamford to be the same weren't we for a while and it took him till he was what 25, 26 whatever mm. to sort of develop that side of his game so I think it, it is helping Roberts just being a bit more aggressive which we don't really talk about as mm. for attacking players, I guess. You sort I think, of think of it as a defender. I was going to say, I think Roberts now he's he does seem to definitely be a midfielder. Mm. I guess he needs to he needs to do that more, doesn't he? Because it's it's not such a part of your game when you're playing up front. But if you do need to get stuck in a lot more, some of his tackles do look a bit red carding. <laughs> I, will, I will say the way he launches himself. There was one in this game where he was he, he chokes himself into someone in the corner, and I was a bit like, oh, well, that was when I think he was attempting to block the ball, wasn't he? But when you saw him launch himself, you yeah. thought, no. <laughs> Um, on Rafinha, TJ does wonder why Rafinha struggled to be involved in the majority of matches in the last few weeks with most of our play going down the left. And he does, or she does, mention that teams are doubling up on him, but it's slightly worrying given our lack of general lack of creativity. I think that's true. I think he's still involved. Yeah. It's weird because it was the game of the week against Palace or Brentford where we came in and thought he was quite quiet. And then you see like a... I think it was on Amazon Prime, they did a compilation of his best mm. moments from the game. You think, Christ, <laughs> he was actually brilliant. He did all these things amazingly well. His bar's so We're high, just so isn't it? Used you, to it, you don't notice yeah. the brilliant, like the brilliant, like sort of run of the mill mm. stuff, if you like. I know it was a penalty, but he still scored in this game. It was like, yeah, in like the, the Brentford one, it was his corner, wasn't it, that led to mm. the. I, mean, I know it was flicked on by Ailing, but. It was his cross of the first goal as well. Yes, it was. So, like, yeah, when you say he's at play well, it's like well, a couple of assists, goal then, goal against Palace. It's. And, and it's it, all right. It has been touched on in one of the recent shows that we did about how we might be suddenly effective from set pieces because we've got somebody able to deliver it like mm. he can. And again, you don't notice a bloke whipping a corner in over and over again, but it's certainly a lot more dangerous. Like those, those whipped in free kicks as well. Obviously, mm. we saw the goal against Leicester because Schmeichel's a terrible keeper and a bad human, I think. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Character. But just... <laughs> Like his dad, yeah. Just but just that that low ball whipped in where it bounces like somewhere in the in the mm. six yard area is is a terrible thing to defend, isn't it? All it needs is a touch. Yeah, I think um, I think he's doing fine. He just shouldn't tackle ever again, <laughs> not in the box anyway. Because the more you, I mean, people can criticise Click for his, but Rafinha's one was really stupid. Because when you chuck yourself like that in the box, it's always very dangerous. So don't do that again. And it was and it's Rudiger, and he's not. He's not like he's about to score, is it? He's kind of right out on the edge of the box and it's, it's just no need for it. I, I dare say both Click and Rafinha will learn from the experience of conceding penalties in this mm-hmm. game. Like, just stay on your feet. And I, there must be such a temptation when the ball is there to be won. 
But then, you know, Rudiger's just stood there waiting for you to come and clatter him, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You do wonder if, if maybe those sorts of tackles are the downside of murder ball as well when you don't, they don't, I don't there are <laughs> yeah, free kicks in it either. It's just, mm-hmm. you're just flying into each other and going hell for leather for as long as you can manage it. So when Liam Cooper ends up by the byline and Rafinha's just not having it, just steaming <laughs> through him. <laughs> we, we mentioned Furpo earlier as well. Um, a few people, uh, Matty, Pete, Julie, Nathan, all, all saying as well that it was his best performance yet and deserves a mention because he's he, he's come on so far from the Brighton game when I think we were all Well, I was going to say, if you'd, if, you, if you'd have mentioned to me at that Brighton game at half-time and said, <laughs> Furpo playing Chelsea in about another month or whatever, Good luck with that one. I would have gone, oh Christ, that's going to be trouble, isn't it? Mm. But actually, you can see how far he's come. It's not even over. been a month, has it? It's has only it been a few weeks, I think. It feels but... like, Rob, it feels like a, <laughs> a fucking <laughs> yeah, life. It's been a, lot a, a lifetime following this fucking football team. He just he <laughs> just looks like he's watched his play now and sort of fits in the team. It's mm. almost like it takes time to learn a system yeah, exactly. and figure out how your teammates play. I'm still defensively a bit worried about him when he's run at directly because he, he doesn't seem particularly good at, at stopping that still. But nah, It's fine. But I suppose a fullback for us, it's not really a defensive position, is it? No, I mean... As long as someone helps him out. And, you know, they they only scored one goal from open play. That's true. How many did we score from open play? One. one. Right, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so it's a one... I was a thinking, one. is this a trick question? <laughs> no, we scored one. One-one yeah. one draw then, isn't it? One-one <laughs> one draw, yeah. correct. And he played his part in that. And Gelhart, I mean, he does get a brief mention here, but he, as you would imagine, he gets plenty of uh, hero nominations, so yeah. we'll maybe deal with him then. There is that, uh, it's an interesting, well, we'll talk, yeah, we'll, I guess we'll do it in, in Heroes and Villains, yeah, that that question about how much you use him because the, the question that follows from when he scores is well surely you're going to use him more now and you do wonder whether just keeping him just in that sweet spot where you're giving him little cameos where he can come on and influence a game when it, where people are starting to get tired games getting stretched and all that whether that is mm-hmm. you know to it's going to be play to his strengths of being able to nip in between the lines and, and move quickly whereas he might not get the luxury of that much space early doors although that said it sort of fitted and worked seamlessly at Spurs yeah I remember when this is going back a long while but when we first had Max Gradle we were using him off the bench and everyone was like he's really good why don't we just start him and then eventually we're like yeah let's start him and then he was good then he was good for a full game instead and it it was a little bit frustrating I guess in the same way as this is with with Gallagher particularly with Bamford out he just has more of an instinct about him doesn't he I think to to get in and score goals probably even he probably has more of an instinct than Bamford truthfully I think from what I've seen of him he seems he's a lot more direct he doesn't do the same hold up job and the same running and stuff as Bamford but in a in a different way, he's actually probably more effective as a striker. I mean, Bielsa's already warned us that he he's, tends to prefer experience over youth when mm. times are difficult. Um, and I don't know if this is kind of a template for how we're going to approach playing against those teams at the top of the table in that we did sit off and we were kind of pragmatic. And then in the last half an hour, to, well, I guess it was half an hour because they went two one in front, he changed things. But he did hold on with Gellhart. Like he, wanted to, he was going to come on earlier, didn't he? And he just delayed it. And it's hard to argue because he came on and scored within a minute. I don't know. I, I think it is the way he's using him now probably is the, the most sensible way to do it. I have, I have, this, discussion, I have this discussion with my dad about, about Creswell and he'll say, well, why is he not, why are you not playing him? So, well, he relies on seniority in the squad, as you just said, Rob. He does rely on it. And when we spoke to Hayden Evans the other week on the Phil Hay show, they understand it is a case of phasing players in over time and not loading too much onto the shoulders. So he may well be ready, but you've got to kind of keep him primed and ready. You can't just drop him in for... Mm-hmm. 30 games or 25 games because you will have ups and downs during those times won't you, won't you? It's, it's maybe better just to ease you into it and bring you up to speed uh, uh, I don't know just in fits and starts not too much at once and mm. I think there's always a 
worry that if you just play kids constantly at such a young age, they sort of break. I mean, Sam Byron did it one year, mm. didn't he? He played nearly every game and then he was never really the same because he got a hip injury. So yeah, a bit of patience. I know it's frustrating because he does look brilliant and it would be nice to see a bit more of him, but you know, patience might not be a bad thing. Mm. And final point then in this section uh, relates to the game management because Gary is um, questioning the game management in this one. And he's saying you've got to know when a hoof up the field is more prudent than a keeper chip to a player that's going to get closed down and uh, making rash challenges in and around the box. Great football phrase, that isn't it? In and around. Stand them up, make them have to do something and not dive in. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying about the, the learn, weren't they, about those individual tackles under those circumstances and where the threshold is for Premier League referees to um, give everything to the big teams, doing air quotes. Um but in terms of the clearances, I do I do agree with that. There are times when I don't ever sit there and, and think, just get rid. But you can sometimes see us um, playing ourselves into trouble, can't you? Because mm-hmm. they'll do that little, either the chip out will work, then they pass it back to the full back, or, and they'll start playing little triangles in the corner, and it does end up getting hoofed, and we concede possession anyway. You do wonder sometimes whether we've just played ourselves into trouble and uh, whether a slightly more pragmatic approach might work at times. But it's always easy to say that with hindsight, I was going to say, and we score quite a lot of goals from playing out from the back, don't we? And keep possession and it actually does if you can do it properly you alleviate pressure because you're not just giving the ball straight back to them and we're not a team that although although Chelsea did have more position, possession in this game we're not a team that sets up to to have 40% possession like there are plenty of Premier League teams that are comfortable with that and we're not one of them like we do try was, and dominate a game I was going to say the, the occasions when they did hoop it forward at the weekend we were then moaning going fucking hell what are we doing it to Jamie Shackleton or Dan James because they're yeah, just not yeah. going to win it in the air and you know that goal that we gave away the first one was frustrating and you could sort of keep, see it coming but you know this is this is what Bielsa does isn't it isn't it it's plan A but do it better yeah. plan A yeah. failed but it doesn't mean we should change from that because Mel- Dallas does take that touch mm. a lot of times brilliantly and it's yeah. such a hard thing to do and I like the way we ask our fullbacks to deal with those things is really difficult but um, yeah if you get it wrong just do it better I guess Melio's positioning as well no one actually mentioned mm. it on the feedback but um, it was a bit off <laughs> for that goal yeah. we, we kind of didn't mention it and I, I think he's got more than enough credit in the bank to to not be completely criticised for it, but it did look without being a goalkeeping expert, you know, you know, focus on the strikers. Yeah, it looked to me like it, there was a big gap there. And if I was if I was coaching Mason Mount, I'd have said to kick it in, <laughs> in a big old space. It's a bit like the uh, the goal at Spurs that was it Hoiberg squad where you just kind of go, why why is there not a keeper in the net? Mm. But like you say, he's got the credit in the bank. It it'll happen. It's certainly such a as you say, it's a dangerous way that we play. Mm. so risk is built into it isn't it um, and just to reinforce what you were saying there about that and playing out from the back that's how you get through teams isn't it draw them onto you play through them and round them and then you've got space to play when you get sort of into midfield it's one of the when it goes wrong you can always look at it because it's it's a very obvious isolated mistake and you can say it's a bit like when people when zonal marking goes wrong and people go oh you need to go man for man not which ignores the fact that man for man goes wrong all the time as well <laughs> it's just and when it bogs in on the post you'll always get someone to go should I have a man on the post it's like well, well that's with hindsight of saying well, I can see where it's gone now I can see where it, now I can see where it's gone wrong I can say you shouldn't have done that but I mean although game management it was picked up on I think in the post match wasn't it Bielsa did address it mm-hmm. and saying sometimes we just need to be a little bit a little bit cleverer but um, I'm sure you know given that we've got Man City tonight it'll all be fine <laughs> <laughs> we did see the first uh, alien flop since his return yes. speaking of game management that was, that was good we, did. we need more cheats <laughs> if, this game, if this game teaches us anything, if we need more cheats, except Rudiger, yes, he did it. He does it in a. He does it with a sneer. <laughs> Luke Ayling does it with a cheeky, a cheeky, chappy grin. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Part two of the show is where we find out what has been said by the Chelsea fans in the wake of the game at Stamford Bridge at the weekend. What do we have, Michael? You've been digging around and researching this. A bit boring. Are they? Yeah, a little bit. There was an interesting kind of, um, is it a divide? Is that the word I'm looking for? Between people who were in the stadium and said there was a decent edge to it. It was mm. a, had a little bit of an old school feel to it. But then there's so much evidence elsewhere of them just being a massive tourist club. I think, is, and is it the tourist vibe you've got from the? Yeah, from the YouTube. We were saying before the game, Rob, that they're, they're kind of we consider Chelsea to be like fifty percent modern tourist club, pretty boys, and about fifty percent sort of a bit more well well dressed Millwall kind of <laughs> thing going on. And the online presence of it seems very much to be more the the new fan. Like they're all young. These people won't remember, you know, Gavin Peacock playing for Chelsea or Dimitri Karin or that sort of the kind of. Fairly shit Chelsea that we that we remember is, fondly from our youth. Is it Gavin Peacock who's now Man of the Lord? Yes, isn't he? and a big old misogynist. Yeah, he's, ah, he's as well. A bit problematic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But you know, if that's what um, God's telling him, it's up to him, I suppose. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go along with what he says. Uh, John Spencer, I think, is fine. If we're if we're just going to keep naming old old Chelsea strikers, <laughs> but yeah, so it's um, they're sort of a young a young bunch and a bit miserable generally, even though they won. We did get some some info on. We've not got a clip of him because he was being smug, and I, I don't think people want to hear it. But Chelsea Rory, yeah, he's a thick one off uh, True Geordie, isn't he? He's the Chelsea fan. Yeah, he's kind of a. I think he doesn't always realise the laughing at him. I was going to say they just they all just laugh at him, don't they? <laughs> oh, oh, he does realise the laughing at him and still subjects himself to it, which I think is probably worse. Possibly, yeah. But he's. Um, we, yeah, we did have some some info passed on. Do we want to identify the no. source of this information? <laughs> no, we must not. Should we come up with a cover name? Um, Barry. Barry. Barry's been in touch. Barry George has been in touch. And <laughs> said, one. Yeah. Uh, not information gained from um, peering in through windows or anything, just to be clear. But he's given his information on Chelsea Rory, which has blown my mind that he is in the Salmon Dance video by the Chemical Brothers. Oh, yeah. I watched it and I went, he's right. It is him. <laughs> it is him. So, yeah. And he was, I knew he was, I knew he'd tried to be an actor before, 
but he was actually in EastEnders for quite a few episodes. His um, his character was in prison for trying to kill Ian Beale, apparently. <laughs> There's just no way to treat a, a soap legend. Is it? I mean, so, yeah, and then some other things that we're not allowed to say. No, <laughs> I mean, we, we can't go on record saying that. It would be identifiable with the, the other information, so we're not. So um, Barry, Barry George would become known. Barry didn't do it. Barry George would become known to to Chelsea Rory if we read that paragraph out and we're probably li- we'd be libeling him I dare say possibly yes he sort of uh, encompasses both sides of the Chelsea support then if he's in prison for killing someone <laughs> while being sort of an annoying YouTuber at the same time yeah leave Ian Beale alone right okay on to uh, Chelsea Fan TV then Chelsea Fan TV this is a guy called Lewis so I think was on. he was on um, KG friend of the podcast he was on his channel actually and I don't mind not Lewis. the uh, not the detective in Oxford no uh, no different different one. bloke right. different, Just different, checking. different guy but he he's basically saying he thinks they got away with it, but then he does have the um, he does have the temerity to moan a bit about their injury problems. Oh, awful, isn't it? <laughs> That's one of theirs. I really don't want to be negative, but we got away with it. This game should have been a draw. If anything, we're lucky at some periods that they didn't get a third goal. Thiago Silva saved us in this match, yeah. but we struggled. We absolutely struggled. The midfield was getting carved apart in the second half. I don't know if it was the case of Ruben trying to do two people's jobs because we know Jorginho wasn't match fit going into this game. Or they just overall had a poor performance, but we got carved apart on the transition in the second half, and it wasn't good enough if we're talking about a title race because these performances are happening too often now. And I'm not going to blame individuals. I'm definitely not going to blame Tuchel on this one either because it's a matter of circumstance. We're dealing with injuries. We're dealing with a lot of small injuries in the squad that's preventing players from playing at 100%. And we're also dealing with the loss of Ben Chilwell. We've seen how important our build-up play has been from the wing-backs. And we can't accommodate for the fact that the middle just hasn't really been good enough because now we haven't got the wing backs to cover for that. Football fans are really ungrateful, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, genuinely. So you've got, did they go top with that win temporarily? And he's sort of, we can't yeah, carry on with these performances where we, we're not great, but we still win. Yeah. And we've only got, we're down to such bare bones. We've only got like 400 million pounds of the players on the bench. Oh, however will we cope? Okay. But I suppose it's where they are. They're used to winning stuff every year, aren't they? Whereas we're still a bit more. We're, we're, we're real. We're, we're, we're real. We're, we're still, authentic. We're still fairly grateful if we've got someone who's like above twenty-one on the bench. We're like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> this is fine. And yet, as we said, we went toe to toe with them. So all kudos to Leeds United and mm-hmm. not to Chelsea, right? What's the next clip? Well, he, he's trying. You can hear there. He's quite negative, and there's the, the woman who's interviewing him. He's trying desperately to get something more out of him, uh, but he, he kind of doesn't provide it. Getting back to it then. Let, let, let's end on a positive. Okay. You're Thomas Tuchel today. What do you say to your players? Go away with murder. Okay, that's not positive. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, as soon as that second goal came in, I thought, okay, here we go. Two more points dropped. And then they gave us another penalty in the 90th minute. That's as close as you're going to get to just getting away with it. Like, we'll say it's luck. We'll say it's like, were we the best? Oh, fuck off, man. No beds. Like, you, you were going to say that it's luck and everything like that. It's not fucking luck. It's just shit decision-making from Leeds in the final third, I guess. Like, But we took advantage of it, didn't we? That's the we thing. Did. We did. I know it's two penalties, but how many, we won. How many times are we going to get away with it? Wow. Happy <laughs> one, Charlie. I enjoyed that. Presumably that was... Uh... The Met that were, uh, I believe so, yeah, <laughs> telling, him to, telling him to get off of the road. A great bunch of lads, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, isn't it funny? Football's it's, it's sent us all mental. It's probably all fair points. I think we were probably like that in the championship, weren't we? We were, mm. we were a bit ungrateful. It does feel very specific to the Premier League, though. I, 
I wrote the other, the other week that it's not second season syndrome, it's Premier League syndrome. You just It's not that your players get found out or anything. You just get dragged down to that sort of level of collective misery that just nobody's happy, is they like, you know, you look at City fans winning the league every year, they look miserable. Mm. Scum fans are miserable. Chelsea fans are miserable. Arsenal fans are mental. Like nobody seems to enjoy the Premier League at all. I think Leicester enjoyed it last year to a point mm. and then they dropped out of the Champions League and they were pissed off and now they're still pissed off. Well, they've done that two years in a row, haven't they? Mm. So you just you have sort of two How many clubs years. how many clubs do you think that are, are genuinely happy in the division? So Brentford will be quite happy at the yeah. minute. Well, I think we I said, think West Ham will be happy. I think we said last year we're probably the happiest fans in the division. Yeah. Like when we were not anymore. 10th or whatever. Oh, no. not anymore, no. 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 God, no. We're all miserable well, this obviously season. Obviously, Norwich are just happy to be here. Yeah. Lovely, lovely time. Who, who else have we got in there that's doing all I right? Mean, Newcastle are thoroughly unhappy. Although, they, are they happy because they've got the old beheaders in charge? Well, they, that... they were unhappy for a time when they were under Mike Ashley. Now, they're happy because the beheaders are there, but they're unhappy because they're in the relegation zone. But I think they are sort of mitigating it by thinking they're going to spend their way out of it in January. Mm. I think Palace are fairly happy because they've got they're actually playing some football now whereas yeah. they've had a few years of kind of dire counter-attacking Who else have we got? Everton Hodgson. fans they're not, they spent their summer writing death threats on the wrong person's house <laughs> they did. so that goes well Spurs spent a summer trying to hire about eight managers I'd say Wolves are relatively happy as well because they've got some mm. decent points mm. on the board and Large is doing a decentish job They feel like they're in a false position to me though the Wolves because I've still not seen them play well and they just seem to keep winning games. I was going to say Brighton will be happy, but we know from the other week they're not. They're happy. booing yeah. the team, yeah. Booing. I saw that when they booed mental. them off against Leeds, they were higher than they've ever finished in their history, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> and uh, Villa will be relatively happy because Gerard's done a good job since he's come mm. in, but that won't last long. They'll end up sad soon. Southampton will get beat 9 0 any week, so they'll be sad again. So everyone's sad. Yeah, it's Excellent. great, isn't it? It's good. Ace being promoted. Well, Burnley. <laughs> We've got some more sadness coming up next. <laughs> This is in, in the desperation to try and find someone doing something a bit different with Chelsea. I came across a He's a child, so I won't mention his YouTube channel. I've, he's got three subscribers. <laughs> Bless him. But he did a watch along for the game. Are you saying we shouldn't get thousands of Leeds fans to... No, I'll leave him alone. Right, he's, doing yeah. no, he's doing nothing wrong. I just like it because it just reminds me of being like, I don't know how old he is, like 12 and just thinking everything's really against you. <laughs> That's not a penalty! That's not a penalty! It's stupid from Alonso. Once he just invites the impression to himself, what's he doing? Oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, that's stupid. That's stupid from Alonso. That's dreadful from Alonso. Horrific defending. He's in page past Alonso. He's just gone sliding in. It's horrific. That's horrific from Alonso. Definitely a penalty. Oh, come on. Mendy went the right way. He started run up. Mendy went the right way. Still didn't get it. What's Mendy done there? What's he done? He died the right way. <sighs> Mom! <laughs> I was going to say, it's, but it's, he's getting so close to Kevin the teenager there, isn't he? <laughs> it starts as well, but it's not a penalty. Oh, it's a penalty. That's, that's a penalty. <laughs> that's a penalty. <laughs> but still, it's not fair. And he's, there's even more of that on the, on Galhart's goal where he's, you can even hear at the end, I think you can hear his mum shouting just as the clip plays out. You can hear, James, your sandwiches are ready. Are you all right? You sound upset. Trump, I'm on, I'm on YouTube. So but I'm I mind you, that's what we do. The world's against me. Oh, they've scored. They've scored. Oh, what's happened there? Classic. Typical. God's sake. <laughs> it is nice, Kevin, God's isn't it? God's sake. I was just going to say, the start of that clip, he's really softly spoken like, you know, when we, we 
contrast it with how bananas we were going in here when Galhart scored and how annoyed we were when stuff goes against us when we'll be screaming fuck off, fuck off and things like that like absolute rabid idiot it struck me then at the start of that clip that he was in his bedroom trying not to get told off for being too loud his mum might be one of his three subscribers too he's like I better not swear don't say I can't do it anymore if, if she hears the bad language I'll be in bother well he's putting his art out there for people to criticise he so. is, bless him fair play fair play right um, who we got next Crago 28 um, is that his age or could be I don't know maybe he's the 28th Crago on on YouTube I think we had him last year on just saying how shit everything was basically after they drew 0-0 at Ellen Road they subsequently won the Champions League yeah so come see, come see. pluses yeah. and minuses I suppose it wasn't a bad year all in all but he was recording inside the ground and a bit like the first guy was just thoroughly amazed at them getting anything from this game so this is the the Gellhart goal <laughs> And he's even saying they deserve it. Why are people being so nice? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't know we don't I don't tend to play clips of the other team having good things happen to them because no one wants to hear it. But the second clip is of the penalty award. But at the end of it, he knows. He knows that they've got away with this. How the fuck have we been that lucky? Well. And he's right, isn't he? Yep. Badge on your chest, isn't it? Next up, it is George Benson. The Pop- popular soul artist. Exactly. The, yeah. um, he's, give, me, he's give, me, take, it, give me the night. Taking did. a break from his guitar yep. and he's he's doing some uh, vlogging about Chelsea. But again, just basically saying they got away with it. It's one of those again where I don't know how we've got away with this. It is very, very lucky. I don't think we were that good today. I thought Leeds probably deserved to get a point out of this game. Chelsea get it done. They did get it done. By the referee and VAR. Let's have something more wholesome. Come on, play Lynn. Let's play Lynn. Let's play Lynn. This was lovely, wasn't it? She shared yeah. this on um, on Twitter. And I noticed it's Bryn on the commentary, so I don't know if the club are dishing out secret links for um, for the families to watch or whether she's going via a VPN or what. Whether they're setting up some sort of back-channel illegal mm. streaming network. Potentially. Which we will report you, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to loop us in. True enough. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is this is just a mum watching a lad score a goal in the Premier League, and it's wholesome. Oh. Aww. Oh, it's like they know the moment they've been Lynn. waiting for for years. Lynn. <laughs> it is. It is. Like, Bless this him. is his moment. He's about to step on stage and do the nativity or whatever. I'm sure your my mum's like that every podcast we release. <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael, it's Michael. He's going he's gonna to talk about Steve Nichol. Ah. <laughs> uh, Bless him. It's been Stevie Nichol's birthday, hasn't it, speaking of Nichol? It has to move on to the wider stuff, yeah. No clip of him, but um, ESPN did put out a little best of compilation, but I'd be just, just nicking someone else's best of, which feels like cheating. How so. did you celebrate? Bags of crisps. Uh, eight. Eight, <laughs> eight bags of crisps 
Uh, it's great value, Stephen Nichol. They did, um, they did actually make him for his 60th. They got him a shepherd's pie that they presented to him on, <laughs> and he was he thought it was a trick as well. He was like, he was like, "There's no corn in this, is there?" Because obviously he doesn't want anything but mince and mince, mince and potatoes. potatoes. <laughs> I think even probably the onion gets taken out. Yeah, he really, like, I've like turned his life into a sitcom. Haven't he? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not having any vegetables. It, in this, it, considers, to be clear. it considers salt and pepper like seasoning to be yeah. just too fancy, doesn't Potato it? Potato is an allowable vegetable. Anything else? <laughs> no, mind you, you know, you know he doesn't mind salt, given all the crisps. Of course, yeah. Mind you, he might not want any seasoning on his food because of this ridiculously high salt intake. <laughs> uh, anyway, bless him. But yeah, no Steve Nickel this week. But I've got a bit of hecky, which is we said last week how we were struggling to get his full philosophy across. Which it, we know it comes in two main, two tenets. The, and it's it's the same problem this week. The game against QPR was postponing then because of COVID so we don't know if if the work he'd done on the training ground would have seen them manage both uh, both facets of his philosophy but this was pre-game. We've tried to stress the importance of playing forward, running forward, creating chances and and there's been a response and, it, and it's been, while we still think we want to improve that further, uh, just by the reaction speed to people after the game there's been a notable um, intent from the players which is great that's what we want to hear um, but we also want that intent when we've not got the ball and he's getting there <laughs> we're going to start talking about running backwards then we need to get better at that I was waiting for it I was like I was going, come on running out of time now on this clip <laughs> yeah so doing it with the ball still not without the ball right so that's a shame we should probably finish off with a bit of be sorted shouldn't we well it's the, what, the weekly Brentford update Indeed, we we had obsessed. Um, I think was the the charge exactly. level you, at you, Michael, in particular. Well, someone has been in touch. He says, in between pissing myself laughing, I'd been feeling a little bit guilty about what happened around thirty two minutes on the second <laughs> December episode. Not sure if you're aware of it. He says, despite being a lifelong Leeds fan, um, he's been in the south for twenty years, and during that time, he's been playing football with a a man whose name has been redacted. Who was a Brentford fan and part right. of the Besotted crew, top uh, footballer, uh, top bloke, terrible footballer big part of the Besotted crew so yep. we messaged him before the um, Leeds QPR game and he mentioned us and said he actually said that we'd been nice about them and he, <laughs> he thinks that this is how they've got onto us and started listening to our podcast potentially ah uh, so well, do we have a is, is he patient zero then is that what we're looking at potentially yeah so I think he is maybe he's been passed on to this man whose name we, we can't mention who has then passed it on to other Besotted people and said I oh, should listen to who, of Just, course, passed it on to the Brentford coaching staff, as we know. Uh, yeah, everyone, everyone in the, the whole the whole, family, area, the whole family, area. The whole family know, don't they? Now? It's, it's like, um, you know, when you go around now and you see people have stuck like COVID stuff on bus stops and mm. things. It's like that in Brentford. If you go down there, things December the 5th, 32 minutes in or whatever, QR codes, so you can get links straight to it. <laughs> so anyway, I listened to because they were still talking about us. They did a, another Leeds follow-up podcast. Another one? And they took time again to, this is, I think, Billy the main, Billy the B. Wow. He was again trying to explain to us and to them what, what is banter and what is and right. isn't funny. F- factual and funny. Did we decide the two had to go? He's kind of getting back into that, yeah. Okay. Score. Now, Leeds fans are turning around to us saying, oh, look at you, you know, you call yourselves a bus stop in Hounslow. It's like, almost like you are, you know, you, you, you are trying to take ownership of this taking the piss yourself and it's just kind of like okay that's fair enough but there's jokes and we know all about jokes if you've read besotted if you listen to what we do if you've listened to any of our live events or gone to any of our live events you know that we like a good joke we know that we like to take the piss out of each other and we have banter and whatever you may call it with ourselves and with not just a boss but a great entertainer <laughs> that's what i'm taking from this well fans. if you if you're if you're waiting for david brent be patient up and down the country now 
the thing about banter and the thing about jokes is they, they've got to be funny. <laughs> if they're not funny. <laughs> he's, he's right, isn't it? Jokes do have to be funny it's not true. to someone. It, does, it doesn't, just doesn't work, like, you know. And there's just this, like I said, we said it before with Leeds, there's this, just, this really strange kind of slightly nastiness about their kind of joking which is like, it's not, it's not funny. I could joke with Middlesbrough. I could joke with Preston. I'll joke with, you know, any other team and we'll have some jokes with them. But with Leeds, it's, it's just, it just always seems to be slightly different. And we always try to reach out to them and try to be kind of friendly and see what it is. But it's always this kind of superiority thing. You know, we're bigger than you. We've got more fans than you. As we came out the Both true. Both true. <laughs> stadium, somebody shouted to us, yeah, where are they? The other two fans are over there. That's a, it's a funny joke, but it's, it's not that funny because we actually bought 3,000. So it's not factually correct, is it? So it's not funny. Ah, I got it now. So it's kind of like in your head, if you're thinking that, you know, that, that, that that's the case, it's kind of like, it's, 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 not, it's not even funny, you know? But, anyway, but, but maybe it's funny in your world. But I mean, anyway, Laney. So it was funny, but because he said that was funny. But then, he, but then it wasn't he funny. He got inside and he counted and he was like, actually, no. Right. <laughs> ah. That's not. No, I, that's see, I see the error that's been made by the Leeds fan there. Wrong. Now. And he was trying to explain that Leeds fan who said it was probably wandering off as he was shouting at the back of his head going, we, we saw. I've just heard from the club, we sold 2,847 tickets. So actually, that's not too bad, is it, when you think about it? And it means your joke that you said a minute ago, is, he, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> I, I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone. Anyway, this will be the last time we, we hear from Besotted. And, uh, well, I think until anyway, May. Until, until we, we play them again. But we just need to, we just need to follow up on the uh, It will be great fun aftermath. if, I mean, God forbid, but if we are relegated by the time we play them in May and they're safe, you know, which looks like a potential outcome. I look forward to us doubling down on everything we said before. <laughs> It'll really confuse them. Correct. <laughs> anyway, having explained what is yeah. and isn't funny, they they follow it up with this absolutely classic anecdote. Oh, it's which, an anecdote. Which I think we can all agree, this is good banter. Well, what I'm looking forward to in this anecdote is this being both factual mm. and funny. Yes. The two tests mm. of, uh, of humour. Here we go. They've clearly got beef with us. And by funny enough, Bill... The beef continued yesterday. I had an, some unexpected beef in the um, in the service station in Oxford. Yorkshire um, beef, was, Yorkshire beef, yeah, no Yorkshire puddings and, and rare beef, raw beef. Um, so I was going up to um, uh, Stourbridge for uh, an Aston Villa book launch event, and um, I stopped off for a quick coffee and a sandwich at Oxford Services, and um, I was queuing up for Starbucks, waiting for my coffee to be made for me, and. Um, all of a sudden, the quiet was was punctuated by some commentary, and I and I picked up the word canos, and the commentary got louder and louder. And I had my Brentford COVID mask on, so I had my Brentford badge right over my face. And um, I looked up, and there was a bloke sitting there listening to the Sky highlights of the game. Anyway, he went, and Canos makes it 2-1 to Brentford. Anyway, so I said to the guy, oh, that, that's music to my ears, mate. And he looked at me, and he went, you what? And I went, music to my ears, mate. I said, I'm, I'm Brentford, and just pointed to my the mask. He went, yeah, I'm Leeds. He goes, I'm just listening to the last-minute equaliser. And I went, oh, you've put that on just for me, haven't you? You saw my badge, and you've, you've put the highlights on just for me. I said, that's really sweet of you. And he just looked at me like daggers, and... Um, and uh, he said, uh, oh, you, you are, it's a good season for you, like, oh, isn't it? And I went... Yeah, no, so far so good, mate. I said, relegation dogfight for you all the way, though, and just like walked away. And it, he was not happy, Bill. He was not happy. But <laughs> Zing! He just, he put, 
just put the he put it on. He saw my badge on my face and he put the highlights on just to see if he could wind me up. So uh, did he wind you up? Were you wound up? Not particularly. I thought it was just pathetic, and uh, then I, I had the last laugh anyway. <laughs> What a payoff. Needless to say. Needless to say. <laughs> I had the last laugh. He's not put it on just for him, has he? Yeah. He clearly starts the whole thing off by saying he heard about, he was watching the Canos goal. He was watching the whole highlights and then he's uh, just been bothered by him. just having a coffee and a sandwich. <laughs> and <then laughs> somebody starts talking to you, a stranger yeah. in a service station. He's looking daggers at me. He's probably just thinking, what are you on about, you weirdo? the fuck's this? <laughs> yeah. the fuck are you speaking to me for? <laughs> Yeah, but that's but that is good banter. I mean, what a classic scrape that is. Yeah, sorry for how long that clip was, but I've needed you to hear the full excruciating yeah. detail. I was going to say I, I panicked when I saw that I was nearly two minutes long, uh, but then I realised it was worth it for the. A, line a master of his craft, I would yeah. say. It's like, um, well, what, well, what he did was d- deal with the facts, didn't he? Deal with the facts that yeah, he the facts of the situation. Definitely put that on for him, which, which is what makes it funny. So thanks for that. Oh bless him. So that's oh, that's the end of be sorted for a while. I hope. <sighs> <laughs> Unless anyone gets in touch to say they're still talking about it, which I wouldn't be surprised if they are, to be honest. Because it was, because we like banter. We like banter. You know, banter's banter great. We like banter. Anyone anyone knows me, they'll, they'll, Isn't it? they'll know. They'll know I like a laugh and joke as much as the next man. But that, what they said, 5th of December, 32 minutes in, it was, it was too much and it wasn't correct. Isn't it brilliant? I mean, when you find someone who just has no sense of humour, and you can you know how easy it is just to go like that and prod them with the stick gently over and over again. Just watching all things, every program on telly going, yeah, I mean that's that is funny, but it wouldn't have actually happened that, would it? So, <laughs> and I say that as someone who's got friends who make jokes. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my best friends are are, are banter ah. and and they, they they agree it's not funny what you've said. I've got a vision of a man in a, in a not just his Brentford face mask, but he's actually in the full track suit in the service station yeah. <laughs> with a str- face paint on as well behind the mask <laughs> game was yesterday mate wear this all the time right okay that wraps up propaganda for this episode have we got another one post Man City we're going to try we're too it's bloody good for a bit it of a last minute scramble tomorrow morning trying to find so some so we're going to be recording on Wednesday lunchtime after a mm. Tuesday night game that's the one so great it was the uh, they were going to be shaking our bin wasn't it last time when from Cooper's tackle if you remember well, if, if all else fails, maybe we can have some more uh, hilarious service station anecdotes from other clubs and other fans. Hey, it was. We'll... Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll be laughing about that this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Red Shuffling. Should we have it on one more time? Just oh, to... yeah, the... no, no. No, that's not. That's not <laughs> People can skip back if they, <laughs> if they really want to hear it. But, uh, I guess you'd be, you'd be playing it to your, you know, your friends and family and stuff. But like, I'll tell you what, I've had the, fu- I've had the funniest thing. You'll never believe what happened to this guy. He was, in, he was in a service station. He was in Oxford Services and he decided to bother someone who was, <laughs> who was minding his own business and took offence at something that was nothing to do with it. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be back with more Man City propaganda and we're going to be um, doing a sort of a staggered weekly show this time, aren't we? We're recording part of it now and then part of it tomorrow. So uh, we will update you on that, uh, but it will follow in your feed after this. So cheers for watching, cheers for listening and we'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 
and 365 day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.